Welcome to Know Your Bible, a program presented by the Churches of Christ and devoted to helping you understand God's Word. The Bible is a book inspired by God that contains answers to your questions. The Bible reveals Jesus and explains His sacrifice, contains God's plan for the family, and timeless principles of parenting. Also has the truth about life and death. The Bible contains great financial advice and also answers questions of morality. Join us as we look for answers to your questions and help you know your Bible. Welcome to Know Your Bible. Glad you're back this week. Glad you're ready to study the Bible and uh, hope that we get to some of your questions today. If you're a first-time viewer, let me just explain what we do. There's a phone number and a website at the bottom of the screen. You can use those anytime you want to get in touch with us, and what you tell us is what you'd like us to talk about on this program. Uh, it's called Know Your Bible. We want you to know your Bible a little bit better, and we've decided that one of the best ways to do that is just let you ask. Uh, tell us what you'd like to know about the Bible, and we'll try to find you an answer in the Bible. So that's what we do, and that's all we do on this program. So use those numbers anytime, get in touch with us, and you direct the program. And this fellow right here, Toby Levering, and I will try to find answers to those questions for you. Good morning, Toby. I see. Glad you're here and ready to go. Uh, Got some interesting what's coming up, but we <laughs> like we like we say, we always start with one for our viewers just to give them a little Bible test here. Uh, what was Joseph's occupation? And I'm talking about the New Testament Joseph, uh, not the old one. Uh, what was the New Testament Joseph's occupation? And we'll give you an answer to that at the end of the program. See if you got it right. Uh, looks like I drew the first one today, and it's a doozy. If you want to know what it is, baptism for the dead in 1 Corinthians 15, 29. Well, regular Bible students uh, probably know that that's kind of a famous passage. Uh, some people say it's the hardest verse in the Bible, that they just can't figure it out. Uh, let's read it, and then we'll talk about it a little bit. 1 Corinthians 15, 29. Paul's talking about the resurrection and the fact that there is a resurrection. And he says, otherwise, what do people mean by being baptized on behalf of the dead? If the dead are not raised at all, uh, why are people baptized on their behalf? Okay, that's what it says. Now, like I said, uh, most commentators say this is the hardest verse in the Bible. And the reason it's hard is because we don't know what Paul was talking about. We don't have any history of anybody that was baptized vicariously for the dead. Now, today there is one religious group that's taken this verse and made a doctrine of it, and they actually practice uh, researching their genealogy and finding old ancestors and, and being baptized for them. And they think that counts, and that person will therefore get to go to heaven. Uh, so it happens today. Some people do that. But in Paul's time and around there, we got no record of anything like that. So we don't know for sure what Paul was talking about. There may have been some small sect or something that did something like that. But we don't know about it. Uh, so because we don't know about that, People have dreamed up every kind of explanation they can uh, to try to say, well, maybe he meant this, maybe he meant that. Uh, I think probably the simplest or the most logical to me 
is since he was talking about the resurrection, that's what the context is. He was defending the fact that there is a resurrection. And I think in some sense he was saying, you're baptized here on earth uh, for when you're dead. Well, if you're not going to be raised at all, if you're just dead, then why be baptized for that? Now, it may have been something else going on. He may have had some other meaning. Uh, but if you look at the context, what he's trying to justify is the fact that there is a resurrection. So whether somebody was actually practicing vicarious baptism or not, we don't know. Now, let me make sure we understand. Uh, we know that baptism for the dead doesn't work. It, it doesn't have any effect uh, because the Bible completely contradicts that concept and says the exact opposite uh, the Bible says that uh, it's appointed unto man once to die. And let's look at that on the screen. Uh, verse, uh, what is that verse? First Corinthians, no, I don't think I had that up there. Okay, I didn't put it on the screen. Uh, the, the Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die, and after that, the judgment. You die, and then the judgment's coming. It's settled when you die. There's no state where you can get out of a place called purgatory. There's no way uh, something that somebody does on earth can have an effect on you after you've died. Uh, that's just completely counter to all Bible teaching. Uh, so we know that's what it can't be. Uh, we die once and then we get judged and what my descendants do isn't going to affect that one way or the other. So. We don't know exactly what it means, but I think he's just talking about the fact that there's going to be a resurrection, so that's why we're baptized. Okay. Tell okay. me. Okay. <laughs> uh, viewer asked the question, what does the Bible teach about transgender? Well, the Bible does not teach about transgender. Uh, the Bible is pretty clear that when God uh, created mankind, Genesis chapter 1 verse 27 says that he created the male and female. Um, in Genesis later on in Genesis chapter five verses one and two, uh, the scripture is very clear. When God created mankind, He made them in the likeness of God. He made them male and female and blessed them, and they and He named them mankind when they were created. So uh, that's the way God designed it uh, to be male, female. We know, understand scientifically uh, that you have an, either an XX chromosome or an XY chromosome, and that's your gender. It's not fluid. It's not based on what you feel. Uh, I know that's very, uh, uh, oddly enough, very countercultural today, uh, but gender's no more something that you can pick than your eye color or your skin color or your, you know anything it's it's in your part of your biology and it's what you are created to be so uh, the bible just doesn't say much about people who want to jump from one side to the other and maybe back again uh, there's a verse in deuteronomy 22 which talks about men wanting to dress as women and women dressing as men and i think in context it's someone trying to identify as a gender that they're not uh, we might call that uh, uh, a transvestite, someone who dresses up as the other gender. And, I, and the scripture there says that the Lord detests that behavior. So um, that's about all it says. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 
will not be on the screen, but you can follow along in your Bible at home. It says, Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, or idolaters, or adulterers, nor men who have sex with men, nor thieves, nor greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, or swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And so, you know, if, if we behave in sexually immoral ways, and that's the thing, is our current... Uh, I don't know what you call it in the culture, but the current thing is to make behavior into an identity, and so it sort of you can't judge anyone based on that because that's who they are, and the Bible doesn't speak that way. Bible talks about behaviors and choosing the right way, and First Corinthians six says if you behave this way, you can't have the kingdom of God. But the good news is if you behave that way and you come to your senses or you read the Bible and you say, hey. This is wrong. I shouldn't be doing this. Uh, the good news is you can, biblically, the word for that is repent. You can change. You can turn away from that. You can have your sins washed away. And that's what 1 Corinthians 6.11 gives us hope that for anybody uh, who's struggling with sexual sin, who's been giving in to that, uh, they can be, uh, that's what some of you were, he says. But you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. So the Bible says there's, you know, Whatever you're created to be, that's who you are. If you tried to be different, you can repent and change from that. Um, but, you know, we have to understand there's a difference between male and female. <laughs> I don't even think I'll comment on that. I, 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 <laughs> there's a lot of strange things in the world that I kind of halfway can understand. Uh, the big deal we're making about transgender is just, it's absolutely beyond me. I mean, that's just so strange that yeah. you know the very basic thing of biology and all <laughs> scientists will tell you you're male or you're female yeah. and we're deciding that now you can pick anything or make <laughs> up any combination you want so it, it's it's romans chapter one folks we're getting there okay uh interesting question <laughs> viewer says i was baptized for the remission of sins uh, the church I'm attending now tells me I have to be rebaptized to be a member of their church. I don't want to be rebaptized. Uh, are they right? Okay, interesting question. Uh, and my answer is yes, they're right. Uh, they're right because it's their church. They made the rules. Uh, if they tell you that's what you got to do to be a member of their church, then they're right. Now, doesn't mean that's what the Bible says, but uh, if you're going to that church and they tell you that, then yeah, that's the rules. Kind of like if you decide to join the Lions Club in town and you go in and ask them what do you got to do to be a member, they'll tell you. Uh, they made the rules and they get to call it. Um, but that's a different question than what's the Bible say about it? So let me work on that one just a little bit. Uh, no, the Bible doesn't talk about being baptized to be a member of a specific denomination or a specific congregation. Uh, the Bible talks, in fact, the Bible doesn't talk about denominations. It doesn't talk about different churches. It talks about one church. Uh, Jesus said, I will build my church. Uh, church means the called out. It's his people. It's all the people that uh, trust Jesus to save them and obey, obey the gospel. Uh, they are put in the church. Now, we organize into uh, groups, into congregations of that church. Uh, everybody who's been baptized into Christ is in the church, universal. Uh, but we've got individual 
churches, and that's the way the Bible talks about it. The, Paul said the churches of Christ salute you. Uh, there's churches in different cities. Uh, so that's the way the Bible talks about it. Uh, let's look at the, a, a good verse that helps us understand this. Romans chapter 6, verses 3 and 4, Paul says, Don't you know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ, Jesus, were baptized into his death? Uh, we were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. So Paul says we were all baptized into Christ. Uh, we got into the body of Christ that way uh, by being baptized. And in Acts, we read the story of when the gospel was first preached. Uh, Peter said, repent and be baptized. 3,000 people uh, believed and obeyed that day and were baptized into Christ. And verse 47 says what happened to those people. Acts 2.47 says, the Lord added to the church those who were being saved. So when they were saved, when they were baptized into Christ, Jesus put them into the church, the church universal. So that's the way the Bible talks about church. Now, to be a member of an individual congregation, they may make some uh, other restrictions or other conditions. Uh, some people have a statement of faith or something that you have to sign and say, yes, I agree to that. Uh, there are lots of different things that different folks do. But being baptized is not a condition of being a member of a specific congregation, uh, according to the Bible. But like I say, if that's what the church you're attending tells you, then yeah, you're going to have to do uh, what they say or find a church that preaches a little bit more from the Bible. So that, that's the answer. All right, let me take this moment and talk about a good way to study the Bible. Uh, we have some materials that we've shared with lots and lots of people over the years. Uh, they're free materials. We're happy to send them to anybody that asks for them. And what they are is Bible study courses. Uh, we put a picture of the first course on the screen. There's eight lessons in it uh, that just give you a good overview of the Bible, help you understand what the Bible's about. And the, the big parts of the Bible starts with the two first lessons are the Old Testament and the New Testament. So you get, get that foundation laid early and understand what the two big parts of your Bible are. Uh, all this is free. We pay the postage even. There's no monetary commitment, and we won't bug you for money either. A lot of people are afraid to request things like this because they get put on a mailing list or they start getting asked for money. It won't happen to you at Know Your Bible. Uh, all we do is provide you the study materials, and you can study them as fast or as slow as you want, and we won't bother you in any way. But good way to help you know your Bible. So we're happy to provide those uh, give us a call or log on. Tell us you'd like that, and we'll get you the first lesson. You can see if you like it. All right, Toby. Okay, a viewer wants to know, if a person denounces Jesus, can they be saved? And my answer to that is, uh, depends on how long they denounce him. And as a reference, I would refer a person to uh, an apostle we know as Peter, who publicly denounced Jesus, not just once, not twice, but 
three times. Uh, Luke chapter 22, the Gospels uh, record that, of course, elsewhere. But Luke 22, 54 and following is where that's found if you want to look it up. And he, he publicly denounced Christ, said he didn't know him. Uh, he wasn't associated <coughs> with them. Uh, one, one says he called down curses on himself. A uh, really sad story uh, uh, considering Jesus and Peter's journey together. Uh, but there's uh, that story doesn't end there. Uh, Jesus was reinstated. Uh, Jesus reinstated Peter rather, and he he said, "If you love me, feed my sheep." And he asked that uh, question of him three times. So uh, a person can, and if they turn away from that, the biblical word again for that is repent. If they change that, uh, they can certainly find salvation. But if they do, if they denounce Jesus permanently to the very end of their life, uh, then there's no hope for them. There, Jesus is the last hope for any of us, and if you reject Him, there's no, uh, there's no hope for salvation left uh, eternally. Acts chapter four, verse twelve. Uh, the good Doctor Luke wrote these words. He said, "And there's salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved." So. Uh, understanding believing Christ and professing His name is very important. The scriptures uh, in Matthew 12 says uh, that the mouth speaks from the overflow of the heart. And so if the heart can change, which it can, uh, then the mouth can certainly change. And if a person has denounced Christ, all they would need to do is repent, turn from that, and confess Him as Lord, and uh, get on the right track. All right, uh, viewer wants to know about long hair for women. Verse, uh, the question says, in Corinthians, uh, Paul talks about women having long hair and head coverings. Does this apply today? Well, there are some religious groups that uh, believe it applies today, and you'll notice that uh, women have long hair and don't cut it to speak of, and uh, some women wear head coverings, uh, etc., uh, and that's the question is about whether something is cultural or universal. That's the terms that scholars talk about. And it's sometimes a little bit hard to determine. Now, there are not many things like that in the Bible, but there are a few. Uh, and the question is, is the writer issuing a rule or telling people how to behave uh, for all times, all situations, all cultures, or is he just giving a ruling or some advice uh, for exactly who he's writing to? For instance, so this one uh, in Corinthians, uh, they had a problem about women not wearing a head covering and men doing it. And it was because of all the cultures that they had there. They were doing different things. Uh, another place in that book talks about meat, uh, eating meat that's been sacrificed to idols. Now, that one's an obviously a cultural thing, but there's a principle in it that we can learn from. Uh, but, see, we don't have that problem today. We, we don't, nobody's offered me meat offered to an idol in a real long time, so I, I don't have to make that decision. Uh, but in Corinth, that was a big deal. So that's a cultural thing that Paul gave them some rules on, and we can learn some things from the principles, but it doesn't apply today. Uh, we believe that the head covering and the long hair and all that uh, was a cultural thing also in that day. Uh, only prostitutes, uh, loose women, uh, cut their hair. 
to signify that they were a prostitute. Uh, decent, uh, godly women wore a head covering when they worshipped and things like that. So uh, the cultures in Corinth, there were some ex-Jews that were Christians, there were a lot of ex-pagans, uh, there were Romans, there were all these people that had been converted to Christ and they didn't know how to behave when they went to worship. They were wearing head coverings and not, and uh, Paul straightened it out. He said, okay, here, here's how you do it uh, to honor God in this cultural situation. So we don't believe it applies today. Uh, there may be some principles in there about authority and all that we can understand, but uh, head coverings and long hair, not mandatory today for Christians, we don't believe. All right, uh, we always talk just a little bit each week about the folks that keep us on the air, and that's the Churches of Christ in uh, different communities all through our markets, and we like to mention uh, one or two of them each week and give them a thanks, and today I want to mention two in central Kansas, uh, Sylvia and Isabel. Uh, both of those little communities have uh, great groups of folks that uh, worship the uh, worship God at the Church of Christ in that community, and uh, they support this program. They've been long-time supporters of this program, and we'd like to thank them for that. And we'd like you to add your thanks. If you live close to Sylvia or Isabel, you probably know somebody uh, that attends the Church of Christ there. And if you do, tell them, hey, I was watching Know Your Bible the other day. I uh, saw that you support it, and I appreciate you keeping it on the air for me. Uh, you may live in one of those communities and be thinking about a church home, uh, looking for a place to worship on Sunday. Either one of those would be a great place to drop in and check out. Uh, you'll find some folks that think and study about the Bible like we do on Know Your Bible. So drop in and give them a visit. Uh, tell them you heard about them on Know Your Bible. All right. Toby, what's your viewer okay. after here? He wants to know about uh, where does it say in the scriptures for us to worship on Sunday instead of the seventh day Sabbath? Well, uh, of course, we understand from Matthew 28, 1 that Jesus rose on the first day of the week and there on Sunday. Uh, and then shortly thereafter, we have a couple of instances in the New Testament where we know the early church, the followers of Jesus, uh, worshipped on the first day of the week. Uh, one of those is 1 Corinthians 16, verse 2, where Paul says, On the first day of the week, each one of you should set aside a sum of the money, keeping with the income, saving up, so when I come, no collections will be made. Now, he's talking about a larger context there, but uh, there's more to it than that is what I'm saying, but we can understand clearly that they were meeting on the first day of the week. That was when Paul would come to, to speak and to preach to them, and that was when their worship was. Another verse is found in Acts chapter 20, verse 7, and this one will be on the screen for you. Uh, on the first day of the week, when we were gathered together to break bread, Paul talked with them, intending to depart on the next day, and he prolonged his speech until midnight. So it uh, gives us some, some understanding that the first day of the week is when Christians met for worship, uh, for breaking of bread, for communion, for fellowship, for prayer. Uh, that was all part of, and that was when they did it, and so that's why we practice that today. So hope that's helpful as far as finding a scripture. Okay. Uh, and some folks that advocate worship on the Sabbath day, the seventh day, uh, talk about the Catholic Church changing the day and all that. Uh, what you said about Christians began meeting yep. on the first day of the week. We know that from history. And the interesting thing to me about that is why did they do that? Well, there were apostles there. Uh, there were people that had the miraculous gift of knowledge, the miraculous gift of wisdom. 
And for some reason, <laughs> they all started meeting on Sunday. Yep. Uh, so I th think you've got to conclude, well, that's the way God wanted it. Yep. Uh, the apostles were around. They could have straightened it out if that was wrong. Yep. Uh, they would have said, no, no, don't do that first day <laughs> thing. You've got to stay on Saturday. But they didn't. They yep. participated in that verse you read. Yep. Paul was right there with them. So. That's when they did it. Yep. yep. So we've got lots of proof that that's uh, God ordained, shall we say. Okay, interesting question. I know we've never received this one before. A viewer wants to know, how did Luke learn to be a physician? Did they have medical schools in Bible times? Uh, I don't know if he had an MD after his name, but the Bible does call him a doctor, a physician. And this viewer wondered, well, 2,000 years ago, how'd you get to be a doctor? Uh, what kind of schools did they have? And obviously, I had no idea when I got that question, so I did a little research on the internet. Uh, and they did, the Greeks did have medical schools. Uh, there were some medical centers in a number of different Greek towns. Luke is a Greek name, by the way. Uh, so they did have medical schools. And Hippocrates, uh, we probably most of you have heard of the Hippocratic Oath that doctors take. Hippocrates was uh, a Greek, and he was the one that kind of invented modern medicine. Uh, the change he made was before him, people believed that if you were sick, it was because the gods had caused it. You had done something wrong, and the gods were punishing you somehow. Hippocrates said, no, it's not the gods doing it. It's Actually, he thought it was your lifestyle. He said, it's what you ate or drank or how you lived uh, that's causing this sickness. It's something you did. And so he started looking for those causes, and he also looked for things that would help. Uh, in fact, he discovered that the uh, bark of a willow tree, uh, something in there made people have less pain. Uh, well, a couple thousand years later, we figured out there's the same ingredient in there that's in aspirin. Uh, so Hippocrates figured out a few things like that. Uh, I'm not saying he was the first doctor, but he was the one that started thinking that kind of way. He was a Greek, and uh, Luke probably went to one of those Greek medical centers and learned a little bit about it. Don't know exactly what his diploma said, but uh, he was trained as a physician probably. Interesting question. Thanks for it. Okay, a viewer wants to know, where does it say in Scripture black and white people can't intermarry? And my answer to that is it doesn't say that in Scripture. Uh, many people who believe that, um, actually I said that incorrectly, F the few people who believe that uh, do so because they're prejudiced and uh, they're racist and they just work that into their doctrine. When you look into the Bible, uh, the scriptures that approach this are usually referring to the Old Testament, the Israelites, and their relationship with the people surrounding them. God didn't want them, them intermarrying them. It had nothing to do with the color of their skin or their race as much as it did the, the religions that those other nations uh, had, and they knew that would draw them into idolatry. And, of course, it did when they disobeyed God. So that was the reason they were forbidden from intermarrying. It was religious region, reasons, not racial, and there are certainly no restrictions uh, uh, of such a nature uh, today in the church. Um, the ver verse we have for that is Galatians chapter 3, verses 26 through 28. And Paul says, For in Christ Jesus you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you were baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. 
There's neither Jew nor Greek, neither slave nor free, male nor female. You are all one in Christ Jesus. And so I think it's the beauty of Christ and His church is they bring people from all cultures, all nations, uh, all different stories and backgrounds together as one in Christ. So, All right. Trivia question. Joseph's occupation, what was that? He was a carpenter. And I imagine most of our viewers got that one right. We're glad you've been with us today on Know Your Bible. We're going to be back next week trying to answer some more questions. Until then, we hope you have a great week. Know Your Bible has been presented by the Churches of Christ in your area. Churches of Christ are non-denominational, and each congregation is an independent group of Christians seeking to do God's will. Our goal is simple New Testament Christianity. We follow the Bible as our only guide. Contact us with any questions, and we encourage you to visit a Church of Christ near you.